He said, the angel of the Lord stood by me last night and he notified me that all are coming through this storm. In fact, he said, not one hair will fall from your head. Paul was saying this, I know things don't look good now. I see the same waves that you see. I feel the same wind that you feel. I'm cold like you're cold. I'm wet like you're wet. I'm experiencing that same seasickness that you're experiencing. But Paul said there's one thing that's different between me and you. Paul said, I believe God. I love this. Paul said, I've known him long enough to know that you can depend on him. I've known him long enough to know he never tells a lie. I've known him long enough to, to, to tell you that what he says, he does. Paul said, I believe God. I've only been saved now for 39 years and I want to know him more. I want to know him better. But I believe after 39 years of walking with God and knowing Christ, I believe I can echo what the Apostle Paul said and I can tell you today that he will never let you down. I can tell you that he'll never fail to pick you up. I'm glad I can stand behind this beautiful pulpit today and tell you that he will never falter. He'll never forsake you. He'll never forget you. He'll never fade you out. He'll, he can set you free. He can remove your fear. He can forgive your sin. He will fortify your life. He'll provide a foundation and thank God he can cause you to flourish. I believe God this morning. And you can believe him as well. I heard the little story, and you may have heard this too. An old, old preacher was getting prepared to preach on Sunday, and he made the mistake of telling some mischievous boys where he was going to bring, be bringing his text from the next day. And so when the preacher left the room, those mischievous boys took the preacher's Bible and they glued the pages together. And the next day, the preacher came to the pulpit getting ready to preach, and he began to read his scripture and it sounded something like this. And Noah, when he was 120 years old, took unto himself a wife who was, and the pages were stuck together. He took unto himself a wife who was 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high, built of gopher wood and pitched within and without. That old grizzled preacher stopped and he said, folks, I've never read that before. But if God's word says it, I believe it. Amen. And I'm glad I can tell you today, you know what? You can believe God. I was reading a story sometime back about George Mueller. George Mueller was that great saint that they say that had 50,000 recorded answers to prayer. And, and they said that George Mueller, one of the ministries that he had was he had the ministry of an orphanage and some of those orphanages were large. One morning the house mother came in from the orphanage and she told Mr. Mueller, she said, Mr. Mueller, it's morning and the kids are ready to eat. But she said, we have nothing to set before them. I'm reading the story. She said, the children are dressed and ready for school, but there's no food for them to eat. George asked her to take the 300 children into the dining room and have them sit at the tables. He then thanked God for the food that they did not have in front of them. 
He said, Lord, we thank you for the food that you're going to provide for these children. Within minutes, there was a knock at the door and a baker came to the door. Mr. Mueller, he said, last night, I could not sleep. Somehow, I knew that you would need bread this morning. I got up and baked three batches of bread for you. He said, I'll bring it in. Soon after that, there was another knock at the door. It was the milkman. His cart had broken down in front of the orphanage, and the milkman came and said, Mr. Mueller, the milk would spoil by the time the wheel was fixed. He asked if he could use some free milk. George Mueller smiled as the milkman brought in 10 large cans of milk. It was just enough for the 300 thirsty kids. And I just said that to say this, you can believe God. It's not just for George Mueller. It's not just for a preacher or a pastor or an evangelist. But whoever you are and wherever you are and whatever it is that you're going through this morning, I'm glad that I can come with some great news. You know what? You can believe God to bring you through. There are several things that I want to just make mention of about that God that I'm preaching about today. Number one, several things. Number one, I notice, I believe his ways are complex. Isaiah 55, 8, the Bible says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know what, church? Sometimes... You just can't track it. Have you ever had something take place in your life and you couldn't explain it? Have you ever had a trial or a storm, a valley, a time of sadness, a time of despair, and you wondered what God was doing? And you prayed and lifted your eyes to heaven and you said, God, I, I know that you love me, but I don't understand why you're allowing this to happen. And, but I'm glad that I can tell the church today that when you cannot track him, thank God, you can trust him. Someone said the greatest single distinguishing feature of the omnipotence of God is that our imagination gets lost when thinking about it. My absolute favorite poem of all time says, My father's way may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But in my soul, I'm glad I know he maketh no mistake. There's so much I cannot see. My eyelight far too dim. But come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all to him. For by and by the mist will lift and plain it all he'll make. Through all the world, though dark to me, thank God he maketh no mistake. God's ways are complex, but you can trust him. How many people have we met through the years who uh, a trial came, a tragedy came, and because they couldn't quite figure out what God was doing, they got mad, they got bitter, they got bitter at God, they quit church, they quit their Bible, they quit their prayer time, and they got away from the things of the Lord. Listen to me now. I promise you God is not a monster in heaven trying to hurt you or harm you. There is a God that loves you so much that he gave his only son to come and to die for you. And although you cannot understand him, I promise you, you can trust him today. Now think about the fellow who was on a ship like the one we're preaching about today and that ship got into a terrible, terrible storm. And that, that ship began to be racked by those waves and literally just torn apart and, and the ship went down and that man was the only survivor. 
of all those passengers. He was somewhat washed up on the shore and on a desert island, not knowing what he was going to do, where he was going to go, how he was going to survive. Little by little, things from the broken ship began to wash up on the shore, and he, he thought, well, I better, I better at least prepare me some shelter. And so he began to take those boards that washed up on the shore, and he began to build a little lean-to, and little by little by little, he wrapped vines around it and put those boards together until finally he had a, a nice little place where at least he could get out of the weather. Then he thought, I better go forage for some food and see if there's fresh water. And he began to go around that island. And as he got way, way, way on the other side of the island, he noticed as he looked back, he noticed there was black smoke. It was barreling up, and he thought, oh, no. He ran back to that little campsite, and sure enough, he had built his campfire just a little too close to that shelter, and it had caught fire. And that little lean-to, the only thing that he had in his entire life, burned to the ground. He fell in the sand and he said, God, I don't understand. I don't understand why you put me through this. And and then on top of all that, you took the, the only thing that I had, the only possession I had, you took it, God. I don't understand what you're doing in my life. But wait a minute. It wasn't but just a little while after that, a rescue boat came. And they came to rescue that man off that island and he said to them, how did you know? How did you know I was here? And the rescuer said, we saw your smoke signals. We saw your smoke signals. And that's why we came to rescue you. Listen to me, Calvary Baptist Church and those who may be visiting with us today. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's an affliction. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's family issues. Maybe there's a problem with a job. Maybe it's a layoff. Maybe it's financial. It could be many things, but I'm glad that I can come here today and tell you that there is a God and you can trust Him today. His ways are complex. May I say number two, his blessings are considerable. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Anybody get loaded this morning? (laughs) In the good way? I did. We've been loaded with blessings at Calvary Baptist Church. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Listen to me, church. Did you know it pays to serve Jesus? It pays to serve God. Absolutely. pays to serve the Lord. You may have some trials. You may have some problems. And you know what? And and living the the Christian life doesn't mean that life's going to be a bed of roses. You know what? You're going to fight a battle either way. If you're going to fight a battle either way, you might as well fight it with the Lord. Amen? But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, after all these years of serving Christ, it pays to serve the Lord. I think about that story about the professional golfer. And uh, there was a Saudi prince that requested that he come over and play golf with him. 
He said, I, I love golf. And he said, I, I, I'll, I'll send you my private jet to America. He said, it'll meet you at the airport. I'll fly you back to my country. He said, we'll play around the golf and have some time together. It'd be great. So sure enough, that professional golfer said, well, yes, I, I, that's fine. I'll do that. So that Saudi prince sent his jet and to, to America and he got that pro- professional golfer. He goes over to that country and they, they, they play around the golf and, and this prince is, is so grateful. He says to the golfer, he says, I want to do something for you. And the golfer said, that's not necessary. You flew me over here. You put me up in great accommodations and, and I enjoyed the golf. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I, I want to do something for you. He said, it's not. He said, no, I, I want to do something. He said, okay. He said, well, uh, uh, okay. He said, I, I'm a golfer. I collect golf clubs. Send me a golf club. And the prince said, yes, sir, I'll do that. He got on the plane, flew back to America. Several weeks passed. He kept waiting on that golf club to come. He wondered what kind of golf club, maybe solid gold golf club. You know, that's what he was thinking. Maybe, a, maybe that, that grip on this golf club was going to be camel hide or something, you know, something extravagant. And he kept waiting and waiting and waiting. It never came. He thought, well, maybe, maybe the prince forgot. And sure enough, after several weeks passed, he went to the mailbox and he pulled out a somewhat of a large brown envelope, but not near big enough to put a golf club in. He took that manila or that brown envelope and he ripped it open and inside was a golf club. No, not a golf club, a golf club with golf carts and golf greens and golf fairways and golf clubhouses and, uh, and all those things that go with a golf club. Wait a minute now, what's your point? My point is that golfer was thinking very small while that prince was thinking mighty large. And I'm glad a lot of times when you and I think very small, thank God we have a God that thinks outside the box. We have a God that thinks great and thinks big. And and thank God, I'm glad I can tell you, it pays to serve the Lord. Ephesians 3, 29, to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. we got to bring this thing to a close. How about this? I believe his mercy is compelling. Hebrews 7, 25, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost. And somebody said save them to the guttermost. One said he can take you out of the mire, put you in the choir. To save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. I'm not only not a Calvinist, I believe that God Almighty goes out of his way to save the sinner. He was the pastor of the Almighty God Tabernacle. He was working late late into the night. So he thought, you know, I better call my wife, let her know. So the office in his, or the phone in his office, he reached down, grabbed the phone, he dialed his number, dialed his home number. It rang and rang and rang. His wife never picked it up. And he thought, I know she's home. Where is she at? 
It rang and rang and rang and rang, and she never picked it up. And he, he got, started getting a little aggravated, and, and he thought, what in the world? Why is she not answering? And he just let it ring literally off the hook, and she never answered. Well, he got flustered, and he hung it up. He picked it back up, and he dialed the number, and it rang once. She picked it up. She said, hello. He said, where have you been? She said, honey, what are you talking about? She, he said, I just called to let you know I was working late. And he said, I let it ring off the hook. She said, sweetie, I don't know who you called, but you didn't call here. It never rang one time. Preacher scratched his head. He was like, I don't understand. Until several days later. He was at the church in his office, and the phone rang, and he picked it up, and he said, Hello, Almighty God Tabernacle. And the voice from the other end of the line said, Why did you call me the other night? The pastor was you know, a little taken back, and he said, I'm sorry, I, sir, I didn't call you. He said, Yes, you called he said, in fact, you called and he said, you let it ring and ring and ring and ring and ring. And I thought for sure you were finally going to hang up, but you let it ring and ring and ring. He said, preacher, you didn't know. When that phone rang, he said, I felt like I was at the end of my rope. I'd taken my revolver out of the drawer. I loaded that revolver. I cocked the hammer back. He said, I put it to my temple. And he said, I was just getting ready to pull the trigger. And he said, I just cried out. And I said, God, if you're there, and you don't want me to do this, give me a sign. And all of a sudden, that man said, the phone began to ring. He said, I was determined to take my life. So he said, I never moved. I wasn't going to answer it because it was going to ring several times and stop. But he said it kept ringing and 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 ringing. How many know that sometimes your little caller ID box on your phone has to trim down the name? He was the pastor of the Almighty God Tabernacle. That suicidal man looked over finally at the caller ID and it said, Call from Almighty God. That man began to shake. He began to shake. He said, preacher, I took that gun down. And he said, you know what? If God cared enough to call me, I figured I better not take my life. I'm telling you, thank God there is a God that loves you and cares for you. And he wants to save your soul today. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you don't know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven, the greatest decision that you will ever make is to give your heart life to Christ today. I believe his ways are complex. I believe his blessings are considerable. I believe his mercy is compelling. And I'm done. We're just going to give you the point. I'm going to pray. But I believe his return is close. I believe his return is close. Now, I know that preachers have been preaching that for years and years and years. But brother and sister, I'm telling you something. We have never saw the things that are beginning to happen now. You know what's happening? God is setting the stage. God is setting the stage. The curtain is about to be pulled back and Jesus Christ is about to come. 
If you and I have ever served Jesus Christ, we better serve him now. If you're out there today and you say, Preacher, I've been dragging my feet. I, I, you know, I, I know I need to, but I've been sort of holding back. Or, or you're out there this morning and you say, Pastor, I, I know I need to be saved, but I've been waiting a little while. This is my message. Don't wait. Don't wait because his return is close. Jesus is coming again. And he's coming soon. And he wants you to be included in that rapture of the church. Would you bow your heads with me this morning, please? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to ask just a, a question or two, and we're going to give a short invitation, and we're going to let you be dismissed. But you know what? In a service like this, with this kind of a crowd, it would not be surprising at all to think that there's somebody here this morning that does not know Jesus Christ as Savior. I'm going to ask this morning, I'm going to ask Brother Brandon, I'm going to ask a few of our personal workers, some of our men. I'm going to ask you if you'll just come down to this altar right now and just station yourselves up here around this altar for me. And it could be there's somebody here today who would say, Pastor, you were talking to me. You were preaching to me. I need to be saved. Pastor, I don't know that I know that I know that I know that I'm on, on my way to heaven. Preacher, I've been meaning to do it for a long time. But I've been putting it off. But today, I'm giving my heart to Jesus Christ. In just a moment, we're going to stand. The altar is going to be open. We have men down here that are ready and waiting. They would love to take the word of God and show you how you can be born again, go to heaven when you die. You say, preacher, I'll be embarrassed. I promise you. We won't embarrass you. I promise you. We won't make you give a speech. I promise you. You don't even have to say a word. We just like to take you to a quiet place and just show you how you can know Christ as your Savior. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I am saved, but I need to rededicate my life to Christ. I'm really not where I need to be. I know I'm not. I need to get, I need to get serious about serving God. I know I do. I've known it for a while. God's been speaking to me. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to leave your place and make your way down to this old-fashioned altar. Calvary, maybe this morning we should set that example so folks... Don't feel at odds about coming to the altar. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, first of all, is there one here this morning, anywhere, I'm not going to come back and get you, I'm not going to come back and drag you down the aisle, I've never done that, I'm not going to do it today. But you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. Would you please at least pray for me, Pastor? Would you please at least pray for me? You'd slip your hand up right now. Right now. Just raise it up high. Raise it up real high so we can pray for you. Right now. Just slip it up. Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure about my salvation. Would you pray for me? Would you stand with us all over the house this morning? Father, thank you so much for this time we've had together. God, I pray now that you'll bless in this time of invitation. God, I'm so glad that I've been able to come with some good news today that there is a God that we can trust. We can't always understand you, 
But I'm glad, Heavenly Father, that we can trust you. I'm glad that, that God, you, you're willing to bless us. You're willing to load us with benefits. God, I pray today that you'd speak to hearts. Lord, this is your ministry. This, this is yours, not mine. And so I pray, God, you'd have your way now. Accomplish your will. We plead the blood over the service and over the invitation. I pray folks will come. And we thank you and love you. In Jesus' name. And our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. The pianist is going to continue to play. I'm going to make my way to the main floor. And if you have a need this morning, I want to encourage you to come. We'll be glad to pray with you today. We'd love to pray with you. If you need salvation, I hope you'll come. We'd be glad to take the Word of God and show you how to be saved. Just for, just for a moment, we're going to pause. And uh, the altar's open. You come today while we're
going to ask my wife to play through one last chorus. This is it, one last chorus. It could be that God held out that invitation for one more person. This is it now. This is it. This is the last one. If nobody comes, we're going we're gonna to end it up today. Would you come while we wait? If you have a need, we'd love to help you this morning. You come. you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being so attentive and wonderful crowd to preach to. And boy, we've had a great time in the Lord's house this morning. Thank you so much for coming. We want to say this. If you're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, great day. We would love to have you consider coming to Calvary Baptist Church. God's doing great things and families are coming in and young people. And it's just exciting to see what the Lord is doing. And so you're welcome. We'd love to have you. Love to have you. Love to have you. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Ken Overby if he'd come. Brother Ken, uh, sure appreciate this, uh, sure appreciate this brother. And uh, it was my wife and I was our delight to be able to travel with them to the Holy Land back in July. And boy, we had a great time together. And uh, Brother Ken is with Jewish Awareness Ministries and we sure love him and his wife. We count them as dear, dear friends. I'm going to ask him if he would to, to d- dismiss us in prayer. And then, uh, Calvary, let's make sure we, we make all of our visitors very, very welcome today. Brother Ken, good to see you today, brother. Appreciate you, man. Pray. Let's pray. Lord, you have blessed us, and you've caused your face to shine upon us. And you've given us grace in this place. And Lord, may we leave these doors into this mission field, sharing the good news and the hope that everyone that we meet can trust God and can believe him to be saved. And we pray that you'd bless this ministry. Thank you for how you've brought it this far. And we thank you for where you're going to take us. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen.